Welcome to the We Serve, formerly We Mar, podcast of Gumra Policy Real Estate and You. I'm Liz Rakia, Gumra Affairs Director for the West Valley, Pinal, and Douglas chapters of the We Serve Association of Realtors, and this is your quick update for today. Surprise Luke Air Force Base Map. For those of you who live, shop, show, list, and sell property in Surprise, you no longer are required to carry the Surprise Luke Air Force Base notification map with you at all times. The We Serve West Valley Chapter Luke Air Force Base Map Task Force joined me in September as we went before the Surprise City Council to request the reference to realtors and the portion of the ordinance requiring realtors to carry the map be stricken from the ordinance. At the December 3rd Surprise City Council meeting, the Surprise City Attorney recommended and the Council unanimously passed an amendment to the City Code removing Realtor from Section 26-66 and removing Section 26-67B from Article 3 of the Surprise Municipal Code. Brokerage offices, apartment buildings, new home centers, residential leasing offices, etc., are still required to post the large Surprise Luke Air Force Base notification map at the main entrance to their office. Brokerage offices, apartment buildings, new home centers, residential leasing offices, etc., are still required to post the large Surprise Luke Air Force Base notification map at the main public entrance to their office. Thank you to the We Serve West Valley Surprise Luke Air Force Base Map Task Force, Ray Gefford, Chair, Bill Gaddis, and Jackie Martin, for all their help in presenting to the Council the professional standard of disclosure We Serve members encourage in their clients that reaches far beyond the state law requirements. The CFPB and the FTC are holding a workshop on December 10, 2019 to discuss the issues affecting the accuracy of traditional credit reports, employment background screens, and tenant screening reports. The CFPB is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and the FTC is the Federal Trade Commission. In 2012, the FTC released its report on fair and accurate lending. The report sought to gather information from consumers, lenders, data furnishers, FICO, the Fair Isaac Corporation, and the national credit reporting agencies, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. It encouraged consumer participants to identify any errors on their credit report and then dispute that error using the Fair Credit Reporting Act dispute process. The study group then produced a provisional FICO score and credit report based on the corrected information and compared that to the original credit report and FICO score. More than 5% of the consumers would have seen the change made in their score result in their credit risk being decreased, leading to a lower interest rate on their loan. 26% of the study consumers experienced one or more material errors in their credit report and filed a dispute. 21% of the consumers had confirmed errors. 12.9% of the consumers with confirmed errors saw a change to their credit score. In the 2003 FACT Act, responsibility for investigating consumer dispute information is assigned to the data furnisher, and the data furnisher is then required to update the credit reporting agency so that an accurate consumer credit report may be available. The credit reporting agency has between 30 and 45 days to complete that investigation of inaccurate information and correct, verify, or delete that information. 
A consumer may file a statement to become part of their credit report as well. The 2012 study also outlines the substantial increase in credit score when Vantage score is taken into consideration. The Vantage score is a credit score based on non-traditional sources of information, such as utility, rent, and cell phone payments. Examples were shown of consumers with a 589 FICO who had a 763 Vantage score. By 2015, state attorneys general, including Arizona, negotiated a national settlement with the three credit reporting agencies. The result was higher standards for data furnishers and credit reporting agencies to share data. A requirement that credit agencies maintain a list of problem data furnishers and make that available to the states. Limit direct-to-consumer credit agency marketing during a dispute resolution. Credit reporting agencies must have an escalation process for complicated disputes. Credit reporting agencies must notify other credit reporting agencies if it finds a mixed file. Credit reporting agencies must send the consumer's documentation to the data furnisher. Consumers may receive one free credit report from each credit reporting agency in a 12-month period. Credit reporting agencies are limited in the data they include in the credit report, like fines or tickets. Credit reporting agencies must require debt collectors to provide the original creditor's name and information before they add the debt to the consumer's credit report. These are just a few of the changes made as part of that settlement. The workshop on December 10th seeks to gather input from stakeholders for discussion of the many issues surrounding accuracy of consumer credit reports. Here are some of the questions the CFPB is asking. What are the lessons from the CFPB reviews of credit reporting agencies and furnishers of data when it comes to accuracy and disputes? How do furnishing practices differ and how does that impact accuracy? What has been the effect of removal of civil judgments and tax liens from the credit report? What has been the effect of recent changes in reporting of medical debt? How do background screening credit reports address accuracy since they contain limited personal identifying information? What opportunities or challenges does including non-traditional credit data present for accuracy? How do consumers find out about inaccuracies in their credit report and what is their experience navigating the credit dispute process? What is the experience of identity theft victims? How have the changes to dispute resolution instituted by the 2015 multi-state settlement impacted consumers? Once consumers get incorrect information removed from their credit report, do they still have trouble getting a loan? What measures, private and governmental, could improve accuracy? The public comment period closes January 10, 2020. You must submit your comments online at www.regulations.gov or mail them to the FTC. I encourage you and your clients to submit your comments to the CFPB and FTC. Your experiences are critical to the conversation about data privacy, data accuracy, and an individual's ability to control their data so that others receive an accurate portrayal of that individual's integrity, ability to repay, and creditworthiness. Cyber and data security. Expect 2020 to be the year of large investments by small and large government and private companies in cyber and data security. Lenders are particularly concerned about data security while meeting regulatory demands from HMDA rules, the Home Mortgage Disclosure Act, 
and analyzing that data. In the Regulatory Risk Management Indicator Report produced by Walters Kluwer, 95% of banks and credit unions are concerned with regulatory compliance and risk while maintaining data security. FHFA, Fannie Mae, and Freddie Mac. The tasks necessary to make the goal of privatizing Fannie and Freddie are going forward. In an interview by Charlie Gasparino last month, FHFA Director Mark Calibria talked about the selection of a Wall Street financial advisor to guide it towards eventual public offerings of Fannie and Freddie. Mr. Calibria points out that when he came to the FHFA, Fannie and Freddie were leveraged at about 1,000 to 1. Now they are leveraged at about 300 to 1, going in the right direction, but not ready to go public. To give you some perspective, most banks today are leveraged at 10 to 1, and Lehman Brothers was leveraged at 50 to 1 when they failed. Mr. Calibria mentions that the cost of a home loan is about double what it was pre-crash. One of his objectives is to review appropriate regulation and begin reducing regulation in areas there is over-regulation and increase regulation where there is under-regulation. Mr. Calibria has been director of FHFA for about seven months and is looking at one to two years before an IPO is offered. The FHFA is currently determining an adequate capitalization of Fannie and Freddie before a public offering can go forward. He also speaks to the end of the fund sweeps and the mandate from Congress to fix Fannie and Freddie so they are not in perpetual conservatorship. NAR, the National Association of Realtors, released its proposal for housing finance reform in February 2019. Section 5 is the proposed NAR model for the future of Fannie and Freddie and envisions a government-chartered private utility. I encourage you to read the FHFA's proposal, the NAR proposal, and other industry proposals. As this process moves forward, your experience and expertise will lend weight to your comments to legislators, NAR, regulators, and other concerned parties. Don't forget, Realtor Day at the Capitol is January 14th. Make sure to register now at aaronline.com. The Pinal Chapter of WeServe is hosting FireWise training. Make sure to register so you can become certified to assess home fire safety and add one more expertise your clients will benefit from as you serve them well. The FireWise training is in Florence on January 31st all day and February 1st half a day. We will spend February 1st in the field assessing properties. You can register at www.wemar.org. I'm Liz Reckia. Thanks for joining me today. I link to the resources mentioned in this podcast in the show notes, so no need to try and remember. You can listen and subscribe to this podcast at www.weservegad.org, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and the C-Suite Radio Network. We Serve Gad, advocating for private property rights, the right to private contract, and your business. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.